Sean Pesh, Ranmore Fund Management Founder. Sean, by now everyone knows what keeps you up at night. It's not the kids nor the wife moaning. It's Bob Van Dyke and the rest of the management team at NASM Process. If they had to run a university course, it would be on value destruction. There's no emotional attachment here. You don't own either company, nor do they feature in your benchmark. Processes weighting is negligible. But before we bite our teeth into each of the separate corporate actions, do you want to provide some background on the issue? Yeah, look, I mean, Justin, that's a... let's just talk about why, you know, why why am I even writing this thing? And the first point is I really don't like injustice. And what I see is gross injustice um, towards the South African savings market by the Nusperson process um, companies. And I don't hear the large shareholders and fund managers publicly raising their voice. And that may well be because they're too scared of ruining their relationship with management. I understand that. But I have no relationship with Nusperson process management. I've never spoken to the top guys. And I really don't care about that. And I'm going to say what I think is right. And if large shareholders disagree, they can come online. They can get on LinkedIn. They can tell me why I've got it wrong. Say it publicly. And that's not going to be a problem. I won't disagree with them and I'll hear them. But at the end of the day, process listed in September 2019 and $100 invested then would be worth $143 if you put it in the world index, $148 in Tencent. 220 in Microsoft, 223 in Google, but instead that $100 is worth only $100 in NASPAS and $100 in process. So they've added no value since September 19. And even my fund, which is, which is a value fund and hasn't participated in this tech rally, okay, is worth 143. And if my fund was worth $100 now and the world index was 143, I can tell you I would have no investors because they would have fired me. And Nuspers has no excuse because 10 cents worth 148. So these aren't my views. I'm just expressing and highlighting what the market is saying loudly about the state of affairs. Sean, you've been around long enough to have seen this movie before with other management teams. How long does it take for shareholders to be fed up to the extent that they overthrow management? Well, the problem they have here is that there's this control structure. And if I was in South Africa and I had a major shareholding um, you know, in, in NASPAS and management were not bending, I would do absolutely everything I could to wreck this control structure. Because, you know, it, look, that control structure has served South African investors well, because maybe you would have had a hostile takeover come in beforehand and, you know, sell the 10 cent shares and wouldn't have participated to the extent that they have done. But it has served its purpose and it's time for a new thing. And, uh, and I would, if that was, you know, legally, I would be... I don't know, challenging into the constitutional court. How can this company hold the company the hold the country to ransom? And so, you know, historically, I guess you haven't had these control structures. And so, if you don't like management, more than fifty percent, you kick out the board. That's what you do. That's what you do in normal in normal corporate. You don't like the shareholder. You don't like the board. They're not responding. More than fifty percent, they're gone. You can't do that here. This company, this board, controls it with something like 02 percent. Let's start with the corporate actions and we'll start with the buybacks. Corporate actions are used by investment holding companies to unlock value, not value destruct, which is what we've seen with uh, Bob Van Dyke and his team. The buyback story is twofold. Firstly, on price, they've lost a quarter of their money with both NASPIS and Process. And then secondly, it raises question marks about the buybacks artificially keeping the share price higher. Um, as a result of them being a high part of trading volume for those days. Could you elaborate on both of those points? Sure, Justin. You know, if I was buying back 
if I was a CEO and I was buying back, I mean, even a fund manager, you know, you don't show your hand. You, you might have a buyback program, you sell buyback as and when. You don't publicly, unless you have to, disclose every week, this is how many shares we bought last week. I think it's one of the problems you're seeing with the likes of ARK Invest. Investors are playing against them because they're seeing what ARK is buying and they're buying them the next day. And now what's happening is they're seeing what ARK is selling and they're shorting ahead of it. And so it, it undermines it. But, but if, if everybody knows you are buying back stock aggressively, well, they might try and front run you. And so you sit there and you just nibble as and when. And, and I found it really quite interesting because process, if you look at the buyback uh, that they enacted, they were a very high percentage of daily trade. And, and, and if you look at all the algorithms that are out there, if you are more than, you know, you speak to electronic traders, if you are more than 5% of the daily trade, those algos will sniff you out. And so I would just think that it's, um, you know, it's doing a disservice. You want to be very passive, especially right now when tech stocks are under pressure. You pick your days and you buy back softly and very passively. And that's when you get a good price for shareholders. And I'd suggest that they haven't. And yes, I know that if you look at, you know, they, they could have saved $30 billion, 30 billion rand if they bought back the NASPERS and the process shares today. We didn't know that. And I know tech stocks have been weak, but remember the Chinese stocks were, you know, um, were weak before uh, this period. So it's just, it's just not been sensible, if I have to be perfectly honest. And it's no good buying back value that you think is there at the center if the value at the center is being destroyed at the same time. Delivery hero, another hype industry, huge euphoria, valuations got to unexplainable levels which has been decimated in a large degree in the last six months. Can you do the numbers for process investment in Delivery Hero in the last year or so? Yeah, I mean, this and this really is what brought this company to my attention because, we, as I said, we don't own shares in NASPERS. We don't own shares in Process. But And every day in our morning meeting, we just have a quick look and well, what were the worst performers and what were the best performers the previous day? And, um, and you know, Delivery Hero was the worst performer in the world index on the one day, and the next day it was in the bottom 10. So I thought to myself, well, hang on a second, didn't, uh, you know, didn't, didn't, ran, uh, didn't um, NASPES buy some shares in Delivery Hero? And I had a look on Bloomberg, and I saw that they bought 27 million last year with the last tranche bought in October, and that cost them 3 billion euros. And in fact, they were so keen on this company that they applied to the regulator to increase their holding above 25%. Okay, and that's and then they bought their large tranche in October. Now, the other day, Delivery Hero issued a trading update, and we're talking to the period in December, bearing in mind that they bought in October, period in December. And the market was so disillusioned, the stock dropped 40% in two days, and they're now down 60% on their investment last year with a 31 billion dollar, 31 billion rand loss. I thought to myself, this is just this is value destruction on a monumental scale. And, and they're supposed to really understand this business because, they, you know, you'll recall they tried to buy Just Eat in, in 2019 for, I think it was like 5 billion pounds. Um, and let's just remember, you know, in 2020, when we were all sitting at home ordering takeaways because you couldn't go to restaurants, Delivery Hero lost 1.4 billion euros. So, and now you've got more competition, there's more apps, and you can go out. So, you know, I've just been at, uh, it's just puzzled me what the, what the interest is in this food delivery. And, you know, I just cannot think that people delivering burgers and bikes is somehow technology. Um, and so it's a, it wasn't a surprise to me. And I find it staggering that it was a surprise to, uh, to process. And I didn't have a 3 billion euro bet on this thing. 
I couldn't believe the numbers attached to build desk's valuation in your thread. Nasperson process, they value the non-Tencent portfolio at $50 billion. But if Bulldesk is worth 10% of that, $5 billion out of the $50 billion, you seriously got to start asking yourself, how much is this non-Tencent portfolio really worth? Well, I think that's a very valid point, and I find it staggering. I mean, $4.7 billion, you know, Bulldesk made $37 million, and that's yeah, you know, those are unaudited accounts. So that's 130 times earnings. So what I what I think the problem is, you know, and and just to put it into perspective, that nearly five billion dollars is a is a third of the 14.6 billion that they raised from selling 10 cent last year. Okay, so it does not add value if you sell 10 cent and you go and use those proceeds to buy something at 130 times earnings on unaudited accounts. You know, if I'd known that, I would have said, listen, just keep your money in Tencent and we'll take our chances in the Chinese government and the VIE structures. You know, you just cannot see, this is not a new market. Yeah, you know, we've got an, an analyst here in who lives in India. They are way ahead of everybody else in terms of online payments and via apps and all the rest. And in fact, the government's involved. So I think the chances for profitability are far lower. And, uh, you know, and so, so when I put all that together, Justin, I say to myself, management are no longer passively not unlocking value. They're actively destroying value. Sean Swiggy, an Indian fintech business in the stable, was valued at $10.7 billion in a new round of funding earlier this year, adding more than $5 billion in valuation in less than six months. This well-listed like-for-like Pierre motto was down by more than 40% in the corresponding period. You just really can't make this up. You know, you can't. And go and have a look on the process website because they disclose their NAV calculation. And I find it staggering that for a technology company, they can't have it live and that it's back at 30th September. So I then ran the numbers and I said, okay, well, are they listed investments? How well have they done? Well, let's just run through the list. Remitly is down 65% since September. VK, which used to be the mail.ru, is down 61. Delivery Hero is down 58. Skillsoft, 47. Cinch, down 43. Trip.com, you know, came in second at only minus 2%. Thank goodness for Tencent. So yet again, Tencent is carrying this group. And, and if that is any indication of what the unlisted are doing, you know, you can take those, you, you get not a pinch of salt, a handful of salt. Um, I mean, one stock out of seven since September who is making these calls on billions of dollars of South African savings? Because from what I can see, the track record is appalling. And, and this brings me to my point, because if you look at that NAV, Justin, it's, it's showing 133 euros a share. Okay, What's the share price? 68. So people don't, people don't believe the NAV, and most of the NAV is a listed price. Now that 50% lower, so the share price is basically half NAV. That 50% is $110 billion. And according to Bloomberg's, Naspers owns 57% in process. And per the, per the Naspers annual report, 45% of Naspers is domestically held. So here's the punchline. You know, South African shareholders are suffering a $28 billion discount, which is 422 billion rand. And this 422 billion rand is not showing up in people's pensions, retirement annuities, unit trusts. And, you know, and why? Well, because the market has lost faith with this management team, complete faith. You know, and it's, and you bang, when you look at the value destruction, you have to agree. Sean, as you point out, people have given up on this discount narrowing. In the last 24 months, all the reason that this discount exists have come to light, whether it be the VIE structure, horrible capital allocation, or just simply unrealistic asset values. 
the 40% discount exists for a reason. So what are you actually betting on here as an investor? 10 cent? Um, probably. And, and you have to ask yourself, well, what is the NUSPES board going to do about it? And, and I had a look and, you know, they're 18, because at the end of the day, the responsibility of, you know, NUSP board of directors do not sit around to drink tea and shoot the breeze. They are there. They are the representatives of the shareholders. And there are 18 directors on the NUSPES board of directors, and that cost $5 million in 2020 to run. Now, just out of interest, Microsoft has 12 directors, not 18, and it cost $3.9 million. And Google has 11 directors, and it costs $4.4 million. So, so how can these trillion-dollar operating businesses, which are not holding companies, cost less and have fewer directors? You know, I mean, I find it just, just doesn't, doesn't add up. Sean, you started another thread showing what NASPIS could do with the money in South Africa. I don't want to assume anyone's read it that's listening. So before I ask you any questions on it, could you just give a high-level summary of what that outlined? Well, that really came about because I read my, my – I did two posts. And the first one, you know, I read to my wife and, uh, and she said to me, well, what, what is the positive message out of that? Because I, I guess I was having a bit of a rant. And, and so I tossed and turned, and you're right, it did keep me up at night. And I thought, well, what would I do with my money? And this is – I'm not on the board. This is not my thing. But I, but I would just say, let's learn. Why didn't we learn? Why didn't they learn from Tencent? What has Tencent done? It is basically a venture capital business in China. And they have taken their money and they've invested in these startups. And when these startups have done well, and they've supported them, and they've helped them advertise, and they've helped them on the legal side, etc. And when they've when they've flourished and blossomed, they have then listed them and created more value. And it's been amazingly successful. So why doesn't NUSPES do that in South Africa? And why doesn't NUSPES, you know, we've got such big challenges in South Africa. There's, there's the energy crisis, but yet we've got wind, we've got sun. We've got, you know, brains. I mean, you know, it's where Elon Musk and Mark Shuttleworth come from. So there is the talent and there is the drive and there is the entrepreneurship. And so why doesn't NUSPES, if I were running the show, I would sell 2% of Tencent every year. Okay, slowly, consistently. I've looked at the numbers. You can do it. You don't have to flood the market and do big discounts. And I would take that money and I would invest it in, uh, in South African, you know, I'd create want a better word, Silicon Cities, in various places, each tackling these things. And I think, and investing in these startups, and then the, the technology can be developed, they, the, the lawyers can patent it globally, which is quite a challenge for small businesses, and, and build it from there, and do a 10 cent in Africa. Because at the moment, they're trying to find other needles in other haystacks in Asia, and everybody's looking there, and they're not going to find them. And, and actually, all the needles that they think they've found, we've just run the numbers now, They've been a disaster. They haven't actually been needles. They've been, if anything, they've been poisoned needles. So yeah, that's what I would do. Um, you know, but uh, but I tell you what, I just can't see how this management team uh, are, are going to do it. And and what worries me is you look at how much the company has paid the two execs to put South African shareholders in a four hundred and twenty-two billion rand hole. It's one and a half billion rand in the last five years. Go and look at the last five-year accounts. Add up the contribute the uh, remuneration. One and a half billion. And you say, well, how on earth did they come up with this number? Well, the head of the remuneration committee is a private equity CEO from America. And you go, well, I mean, is that the right person? And they compare, they do a benchmark to Amazon and Alphabet and Facebook. But again, those companies are operating companies. Protus is a holding company. And, and, and by their own admission, 75% of the value is in Tencent. And they have committed, the directors have committed to do nothing for three years. So how on earth do you justify paying more 
and paying obscene amounts of money um, to, to the executives who are destroying value. It's got to stop. 